handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Got my friend Lawrence Owen joining me today as well. Today, guys, we're going to just break down a couple of these picks that the Colts had for their 2020 NFL draft. And uh, we're going to ask Lawrence to help us grade each and every one of these. Uh, The Colts ended up having seven picks, one in almost every round except for the third round, but acquired an extra seventh with a trade back in the sixth. So, Guess we'll hop right into this here, and uh, we'll go ahead and start with the first pick, and that was Quiddy Pay, defensive end from Michigan. You know, it's quite surprising to see a few people in the national media, Lawrence, say how this really wasn't a great pick at first, but it's like, you know, a lot of boards had Quiddy Pay going in the top 15, you mm-hmm. know, given his size and his strength and what he's able to do. I mean, I think they said – yeah, he actually had a faster three-cone drill than Tyreek Hill. He actually had one of the fastest three-cone drills that were ever done when, when it was tested. So mm-hmm. for a guy that's 260 pounds to do that, I mean, shows you the versatility and the athleticism of somebody like this. So how would you grade this pick for Indy? Honestly, I mean, I, I had Pay as my number two pass rusher. I had Phillips number one, but as we know, Phillips was was drafted right, you know, what, two picks, two, three picks before him. Mm-hmm. Pay dropping, 40 times is not that big important for a defensive end because they're not running 40 yards generally, right? But that three-cone drill shows his stop-and-go ability, which is incredibly important, change of direction, incredibly important for Pay. He did excellent in both of those. He's a big dude can get to the passer pretty quick. I, I actually love this. I, I love this pick. I For him to fall to the Colts at 21, I thought was a blessing. I, I kind of feel very similar to the way a lot of the Colts organization uh, says where this, this was a BPA need, both at the same time. When you got a guy with his talents dropping to a position of need, it's a no-brainer. And I just, I feel like this was a, a great pick by the Colts. So you're giving it an A minus, A, A plus. We're giving it a B. What are you thinking? I'll give it just a straight A. I mean, straight A? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the only way an A plus would have happened is if, is if uh, like a top two left tackle fell or Phillips fell. But, yeah. you know, that this is a, in a situation we still have yet to, to see how pay works out because the only thing that's holding me back a little bit is pay still has a little bit of need as I was breaking down his film. He -hmm. still has a lot of work to do when it comes to actual pass rush moves, but I think that he's got all the tools and the abilities to learn those at an NFL level. Well, when you got guys like Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney saying they're going to be supporting him, I mean, you know, (laughs) what better guys to learn from to kind of learn how to, develop a pass rush move than those two. So yeah, yeah I mean the future's bright for pay as long as he uh as long as he looks to try to work hard to get that move and I think he will. All right. So the second round pick 
and this one was a little bit more controversial for a couple people, was Dio Adangbo. It was the defensive end, basically just defensive lineman for mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. I, I don't like saying edge rusher because even though he spent the majority of his time at defensive end, this is a guy that lined up at practically every spot at Vanderbilt. You know, he played on the inside, played on the outside, you know, had a, a good versatility about him. Now, I think the majority of people were saying, well, why did the Colts decide to double dip with the first and then the second rounder? You know, everyone would have said, well, you know, he could have gotten another guy and a later pick and, you know, could have done something there. But again, you know, the Colts expressed how they really felt about Dio. I mean, this guy really is an, an athletic specimen that nobody really has seen. I think they actually said his wingspan is the longest wingspan for a defensive lineman that's ever been tested. Like he's extraordinarily long. And, you know, for before he obviously went down in January, I mean, this guy had really good athletic traits. I mean, it's just stuff that you can't teach. It's just something you're born with. And this guy just has it. And, you know, they said, oh, we were afraid he was even going to fall this long despite the injury. So, you know, a little concerning there, but how would you grade this pick, Lawrence? I mean, some people said they could have went back further and gotten him. I mean, some and Colts were actually thinking they may not even get him at all. But what would you grade this pick? All right. So this is a situation where uh, it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm not. I can't give him a high grade because he's injured. He does have a lot of tools because i i'm i'm currently doing a film room on him as well and as I, i've gotten through i don't know a couple games and he is explosive all right uh, when, and when i say like unbridled explosive it's almost like he's not fully in control of himself but he's so violent when he makes contact to get past that blocker that it's almost impossible for a blocker to really get a a true hand on him. Again, a guy who I think could increase his pass rush moves, get a little bit more under control. But yeah, his length, his size, his speed, his strength, everything about him is just unbelievable in my opinion. (sighs) I th- the thing that's that's bothering me and it bothered me the entire time was I feel that the Colts could have moved up four spaces, right? I feel like the Colts should have and could have moved up, moved up with the Giants. I don't know if they attempted to, right? But they they, they could have traded up with the Giants and 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 got Sam Cosme, which I believe could have been a good solid left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, as with the interview that we had earlier, he straight said, you know, we had some guys selected we were going to pick, and then they just got picked right before we were picking. I am assuming that Sam Cosme is probably one of those guys, right? But again, another guy that probably could have been there that they might have picked was maybe Walker Little, you know, or Liam Eckenberg which also was picked, you know, middle of the second round. And they just didn't want to move up because they didn't have that many picks to start off with. Mm -hmm. Um, But the injury and the rawness kind of brings back this, this pick a little bit. I give this pick a C not for what he potentially can do, 
It's what he's going to be able to provide right away in the uh, in this year. Because when you pick someone in the second round, generally you want someone in the second round that you're going to pick to be impactful year one. And he's not going to be impactful, I don't believe, in year one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably give it a C plus, just kind of like what you said for the general reasons of, you know, and Ballard mentioned it that, you know, this isn't about a first year sort of process. Ballard likes to pick for long term because he doesn't like to, you know, just get guys that try to help out right away. You know, that's what he likes to do. Build through the draft to get your own guy, somebody you feel you can grow into it. I mean, we all I think a lot of Colts Nation agrees that. You know, if this guy comes back healthy and is back to his former self and what he could become, I mean, this could become an A uh, draft pick if we think what he's able to do. But like you said, it's just we don't know anything about it yet. Well, before the injury, he was graded by multiple people as a first round draft pick, you know, and a lot of people comped him to Chandler Jones, right? Yeah. Very similar size, strength, length, arm length, stuff like that. His violentness uh, still, you know, Chandler came in a little underdeveloped and same with uh, Dale. So, yeah, I get I, I I see what Chris Ballard and company likes in the kid. It's just a second round pick. You want to be able to be, you know, helping the team year one. And he's not going to be ready week one, let alone, you know, get into the groove throughout the season. I, I just long term. Love the pick. Short term, mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? If he's getting comped to Chandler Jones, that's uh, that's a very nice comp to have for, for a defensive player like that. All right, so we move all the way to round four now. Pick 127. Cold select tight end Kylan Granson out of SMU. You know, there were a couple tight ends on the board in round four that everybody's saying, oh, you know, who comes here? You know, Tommy Tremble got picked earlier in the third round. And then Brevin Jordan's name was up there. A lot of people talked about him. And then, you know, we selected Kylan Granson. And Cody and I were like, wow, so Kylan Granson, you know, we selected a tight end, but not the tight end that a lot of us were expecting. But, you know, Kylan Granson, a slightly smaller guy at the position, but with his athletic ability and due to how well he catches and makes plays after the catch, you know, is a, a tight end hybrid that can kind of move out if you need him to. And, you know, just a guy that really resembles what they're trying to get out of an athletic, you know, Jim Ursay mentioned in the offseason, we want to get a game changing tight end here. We want to get a playmaker. And, you know, that's what they brought Trey Burton in for last year. They felt that there were times that he was able to do that. But I think even so, Granson's slightly bigger than Burton, has the same ability, actually a little more athletic. So what did you think here, Lawrence? What grade would you give us getting Granson here in the fourth round? All right. So when they selected Granson, I was like, hmm. At first I was thinking, maybe he's kind of like Trey Burton, right? And then I went and I looked at the film. And he's not like Trey Burton. Uh, the drop issues, you know, that he has occasionally, those come from the fact that he is uh, one of those guys that want to catch and run. You know, they, he, he's looking for the yards after the catch. I think that can be coached out of him to make sure that he has the ball first. But what is really impressive to me is his ability to change directions and stop and go at top speeds. 
is is unbridled. He's more like a Zach Ertz than a Trey Burton, right? Um, So that's why I I really like this pick. If they could just get him to look the football in, in coaching during the offseason, more so than uh, worrying about getting that yards after catch, because you hit it on the head. If he catches the football, he's a danger to take it all the way to the house because there's no linebacker that can cover him. Not many, anyhow, in the NFL. And safeties, he's just bigger than most safeties. So, you know, he's got a a wider uh, catch radius. So I love the pick. I give it a B plus, uh, believe it or not. It wasn't a super position of need, but it's one that I think he, he will fill a role with the Colts and he'll get his targets this year. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Granson was asked about the drop issues that was labeled on him. He said that really it was only one game for him that really messed him up. And that was the Cincinnati game. He accepts that that game was really bad for him. And he said outside of that, he doesn't feel he has a drop issue, has a couple of them here and there, but he Mm -hmm. said that he says the Cincinnati game really kind of put that, that mark on him. So, you know, for any Colts fans that wonder about the drop issue, he says that it was really just one game for him that kind of made it worse. Uh, Yeah. I give it a B because like you said, it was a, not a position of need necessarily, but you know, it could really be a good upgrade at the position for, you know, cause we're still trying to find that true receiving tight end that, you know, we had with Eric Ebron when Andrew Luck was there and you saw what they were able to do and connect with. So, you know, you could see it from Granson and Wentz. I definitely see that as a dynamic duo at some point, but uh, Mm -hmm. now we'll move to round five, pick 165. We selected Sean Davis safety out of Florida. So now the Colts have two Sean Davises on the roster. Ironically enough, both of them play safety and ironically enough, both of these guys might end up playing special teams at some point. So that is going to be something we're going to have to figure out. We're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna decipher those two. But and ironically enough, as well, Sean Davis plays a lot like the other Sean Davis from Pittsburgh, former Pittsburgh player. You know, they're they're aggressive. They do have the ability to make some plays in coverage. Although sometimes I would say this. The Sean Davis we acquired in free agency, I feel, is a much better tackler than the Sean Davis we drafted. Sean is aggressive, but half the time loses a couple of tackles because of bad angles and just not getting the proper angle that he needs to make that tackle. But nevertheless, you know, had 40 tackles, two interceptions this last year, has had five interceptions in his three years with Florida, so has that ability to make that play. You know, we kind of anticipated this happening. You know, we still need some safety depth. And, you know, this guy could eventually be that. So what grade would you give Sean Davis here out of Florida? All right. So this kid is definitely going to be on special teams. He's going to be on your kick and punt return coverages without any question. Um, You know how much the Indianapolis Colts love their special teams. It played a huge part in all their games last year. And I believe that Sean's going to be one of those gunners. You know, I think he's going to be opposite Odom in the in, in this situation. He's a popper. You know, he's he's a guy that pops right off every every time he lands a hit. It's huge. I think there are there will be some opportunities for him to get a few snaps this season in situations where you know there's going to be a, a run 
believe it or not, I, I think that you, you could bring him in on short yardage situations where, you know, obviously we have Kari Willis, we have Blackman, but what if they've been on the field a while and we're in a short yardage situation, you could bring Sean Davis in and he will fill that role perfectly fine. Davis, he's got room to grow. As you said, you know, he, he's shown on tape that sometimes he does take bad angles and sometimes he misreads plays as they're developing. Well, it's a fifth round pick. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're, you're, you're not going to get a polished player in the fifth round, but I like the pick. Could we have went other places? Maybe. But again, depth is a very important position with the safety wide receiver tied in safety, cornerback, those are all positions that I felt like the Colts could have added depth in in this draft, and they definitely did. So, you know, I'm going to give this a, a B, B minus, somewhere around in that general vicinity. I think they could have went a couple other places as well, but I'm not really going to hate on the pick because uh, I like the player and, and what he represents. Yeah, I'm for the reasons that you said, I'll give this a C plus. I felt that there were a lot of different places that the Colts could have went with this pick. But like you said, you know, Sean Davis plays the way that, you know, the Colts want their safeties to play, you know, wants them to play aggressive, wants them to play in that specific way. Guys that are not afraid to make contact, come down and make contact, which, you know, if the Colts feel they can help him with his angles and how to uh, fix that then I believe that that's exactly why they picked him. All right, so the contra most controversial pick of the whole draft. Now, I don't necessarily know why this is controversial, but it's according to Colts Nation, it's controversial. And with the sixth-round pick at 218, where the Colts traded back from 206, Colts select Sam Ellinger, quarterback out of Texas. Now, I, I mean, I kind of already gave my – thoughts as to why I don't think this is controversial because right now, currently the Colts only have two quarterbacks on the roster. You have uh, Carson Wentz and then you have Jacob Eason. And I mean, the Colts have already said it multiple times, Lawrence, that, you know, Jacob Eason isn't ready. Jacob Eason's not ready to lead this team right now. He's got some more time to learn. And you know, you're getting a quarterback that's going to fill out the quarterback room. They now address that spot. Was it early in the draft? I, I, did they really need to go with Sam Ellinger at this spot? Yeah, I thought that it was early, no question. But, you know, I said it in, in the video earlier that I thought Sam Ellinger, which could make this interesting, I can make this point, that I think Sam Ellinger has a very strong chance to pass Jacob Eason in the quarterback room because Sam Ellinger plays – a lot more of the way that Frank Reich wants to use a quarterback than Jacob Eason really is. Eason's got a, a little bit stronger of an arm, but Ellinger's a lot more of an athletic guy that can go get runs after. He can run the RPOs. He's done a lot of that at Texas versus Jacob Eason. You know, has had that kind of offense that he's run. I just see him as a more Carson Wentz-type quarterback than what Jacob Eason would become. But that's either here nor there. That's probably going to be years down the line, so we don't have to worry about that. But how would you grade the Colts selecting a quarterback here in the sixth round instead of maybe potentially addressing it later? It's the end of the sixth round, and you're not going to get a lot of high-end players in the NFL in the sixth round, right? 
And they had him on the, on the draft board, which is a big point in and of itself. You put a quarterback on your draft board, then that means that there's something about that guy you like uh, a lot. And Sam, his arm talent isn't near Eason's, right? Or, yeah. His his yeah. arm talent isn't nowhere near Eason's. He do, he he doesn't put enough under the ball when he throws it, and his deep ball accuracy could be a little bit better. He also likes to play hero ball a lot. Now, as Colts fans, we're used to that with Andrew Luck, right? We're used to that yeah. hero ball uh, mentality. But with Frank Reich, it seems like he doesn't really go that direction. So I I thought that was a little bit odd with a selection with with, with Frank Reich wanting him. But yeah, you're right. He is more of a Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz liked to play hero ball in Philly. He does he does move around a lot better than what Eason does. Uh, he's he's much more athletic. He's not uh, your prototypical pocket quarterback the way Eason is. And uh, he he does know his way around a pocket though. He's not one of those guys that'll just you know one one little slight of pressure and he's out of the pocket instantaneously, which is a plus because it's really hard to get a quarterback out of that. So there are things to work with Ellinger from what I see on tape of him. I think this is a, a, a good pick. I really do. I think that this is a quarterback that could have been picked a round or two earlier, in my opinion. Not, not necessarily by the Colts, but I'm just saying from his draft prospect uh, view. Yeah. I, have, I don't have a problem with it. The Colts need a third quarterback. You need a practice squad, squad quarter. You need a quarterback who, I mean, we play in a division, in a conference, mind you, that has Allen, right? That has Mahomes, that has Jackson, that has Watson, right? Guys that can move and run really well. And I think he does this style of play a lot better even than Carson Wentz does. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a situation I believe that uh, was actually smart move just for having uh, the scout team situation. So I don't, uh, when you think of it that way, I mean, against the, the bills, right. We had an issue being able to hold Allen in. That was the big problem in that, in that AFC game, that, that playoff mm-hmm. game. And I, I think Ellinger is a guy uh, that can play on the snap team or on the, on the scout team against the defense so they can kind of get a little bit more understanding of what to expect. So, yeah, I actually like this pick more than what a lot of other people do because, again, we need a third quarterback and somebody to push Eason, and I think he does that. So I'll give it it a C-plus. Yeah, I'm going to give this a B-minus. I think that, it, like you said, for scout team purposes, I Mm -hmm. think he does fit the part very well of – you know, being that quarterback that has the tendency to escape the pocket, try to make his own play. I think that's great for, you know, giving a defense a chance to kind of adapt to how that works. Yeah. I mean, it's really awesome to see. I mean, you were in the room with Kevin Rogers Mm -hmm. when we were talking about this pick and I asked him about him and he said, you know, he has that it factor, you know, I mean, that's the whole reason why the Colts ever, select a guy is that they have to fit their scheme. They have to fit their culture in the locker room and they have to be a winner. You know, they got to have that it factor. And he said that Sam has that and they feel they can really tap into that at some point. And, you know, it says a lot for, you know, a quarterback like that. So 
With 11 picks later, though, in the seventh round here, Colts had two picks here. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I really, really like. And that is Mike Strachan uh, is a wide receiver out of Charleston. This one is very interesting. Played a D2. But nevertheless, you know, it doesn't matter what division you're playing at. This guy dominated Division II football. Okay. This guy had 78 catches for over 1,300 yards. And it was almost 10 touchdowns. I mean, this guy was just dominating. And when you're 6'5 and you're 225 pounds, so this guy's bigger than Michael Pittman, first off. And I mean, has a 40 time that is pretty much similar to Michael Pittman's as well. I actually thought his 40 time was actually faster than Pittman's. He actually ran in the four threes once before they said that when he did his uh when he did his pro day, he did the bench press and then immediately after went to the 40 time, didn't give himself time to rest and do it. So they said his 40 time was actually slower than what he normally has it. So but I mean, at his pro day, ran a uh, what was it a four four six or something? So you know that was really that was really freaking good. But I mean, this guy, an athletic freak. You know, we kind of saw this last year where Desmond Patman was selected. You know, big guy that we thought could really come in and do something. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's not much more you could say about this guy. I mean, he really dominated, and I'm very excited to see if the Colts can get something out of him. What would you give this grade for Mike here in the seventh round? Seventh round is for guys that um, have really high upside, but can be a, a complete bust as well, right? You're, yeah. you're you're betting on their on their strengths, and that's exactly what this pick is. Uh, this he's got all the prototypical things that you are looking for from a wide receiver physically. Physically, mm-hmm. that's that's what he's got. Again, Division II football. Uh, so his competition wasn't that great. But again, when you're grabbing a Division II guy, you're looking for somebody that will dominate that division. And that's what he did. The one issue I have with him is he does not use well, – I've got two issues. One, okay. he, doesn't, he doesn't use his body well. Uh, he okay. is a big dude. But he doesn't use his his size and 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 weight and and stuff in blocking as well as you would like. Okay, in okay. one blocking, which is what you would expect from a guy his size. And he doesn't use his body well to block out defenders in the passing game as well. Now these are things that can be taught in, in Division Two. It might not have had coaching in order to do that. Probably wasn't needed. You know, because, yeah. you know, the, the the competition wasn't there for him to have to develop these tools. So in the NFL, you figure he's probably not going to get a lot of snaps year one. I think yeah. his year one, he's probably going to have to uh, develop a lot of these things. And that's fine. It's a seventh round pick. That's what they're there for. The second thing that I don't like about him, and again, something that he could be uh, to learn is his breaks, all right? He doesn't dig well when it comes to making okay. his breaks. Um, from, from what I'm seeing, anyhow, I didn't get a lot. I did watch a, about half a game of his, and from what I saw from his route running, it's a little loose, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of loose route running. Um, when you're that big, I mean, that's sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in Division Two, like you said, I mean, you probably he wasn't taught a lot to exactly. do that. Especially when you're that big, that is hard to – learn to do something unless you specifically take the time throughout your seasons to learn how to do that. 
but the but the beautiful thing is both these things that I am not overly high on with him are coachable, right? Yeah. Perfectly coachable. It's those intangibles, this body size and strength and, and, and hands and arm length and, and, and weight. Now, all that, the way he moves, uh, the way he tracks a football, he, he tracks football incredibly well. Those things are, 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 are intangibles that generally aren't taught. And I'm so, you know, in my opinion, this is a, a very good move again for depth at wide receiver. Another position, like I said, that that could use the depth. Don't necessarily need it right away because we've currently we have four, in my opinion, starters at wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, give him a year, year and a half. He could turn out to be a, a huge boon for this this uh, offense. Or yeah. if he doesn't, it was a seventh round pick. It was worth taking a chance. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, like you said, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's not going to be around for very long. You know, who knows how uh, how uh, K- Paris Campbell's going to turn out if he ever stays healthy at all. You know, that could be end up being a bust. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's it, it, it and we've seen especially the Colts wide receiver group has, you know, had a lot of unfortunate injury history with it. So, you know, it's always helpful to have a couple extra guys in the back seat waiting. So, yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, this guy was going to last long. Um, I I understand that it was early, you know, seventh round first pick. I, 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 I don't think he was going to make it to undrafted free agent. I think somebody was going to grab him. Gotcha. Um, so in my opinion, it's a B plus because if you like the guy, you like the abilities that he has and you think there is a chance for him to develop and grow into a player you want to grab them before letting them get into UDFAs because they're you're fighting with 32 other teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so last pick here. And how to make sure I get the spell the pronunciation on his last name right. Somebody mentioned it to me in the comments. It's actually Jeez. Will Freeze. It's not Fries, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's it's said that way. I mean, it looks that way. So, you know, of course everybody says that right off the bat, but Will Freeze, it was a guard slash tackle from Penn State. Say guard slash tackle because he did a little bit of both while at Penn State. Uh, was drafted as a tackle because he, he spent the last year playing tackle. So there's ups and downs when it comes to Will. Has actually allowed 17 sacks and about 1,500 passing snaps. You know, it's not too terrible giving up a sack a little over 1% of every single uh, snap that he has. So, I mean, you know, it's not a terrible look. I mean, it's higher than what you would expect, but then again, it's a seventh round pick. A lot of these guys are giving up numerous amounts of sacks, but I mean, when you look at this guy athletically, you look at this guy athletically, he's actually a very uh, athletic guy. I mean, he had a really, really solid vertical and broad jump. So shows a lot of great flexibility in his hips it's exactly what you want. Had a good shuffle time as well. So that's, again, something you really want to see in an offensive lineman. Uh, he's 6'6", 310 pounds. So he's even bigger than Rashawn Slater, if you want to look at it from a number standpoint. Uh, Zach Hicks from Stampede Blue actually said he actually had him at, graded as a fourth-round offensive lineman. So he was ecstatic when the Colts were able to pick this guy up in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, we we kind of threw it out a little bit there. Could uh, freeze at some point 
become the future left tackle for us. Well, certainly he's got the intangibles to do it. I mean, you know, he's got some experience there, but he's going to have to be taught a lot. But nevertheless, I think a lot of people were actually happy at the place that we were able to select him at. What would you grade this for this selection here? Again, um, situational. He's very athletic. He's got experience playing across the line. Um, I the, the only issue I have really with him is he doesn't have a lot of pop in his blocks and he's not overly strong, right? Yeah. So any stronger guys are just going to bowl right over. He kind of reminds me of Joe Hegg, okay? okay? Guys, a lot of Colts fans like Joe Hegg. He was able to move all across the board. But again, a guy who didn't really have a lot of pop, right, when it comes to blocking, but he was technically sound and he could he could hang with a lot of your quicker guys. So I kind of like that. Again, he could he could hit the weight room, you know. That's that's yeah. no big deal. That's that's something that uh can be fixed rather easily with with the correct diet and 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 working out. So yeah. I I, I kind of agree with Zach Hicks that he could have went much earlier than he did. Uh I think he was overlooked a little bit. Yeah. This is an A minus pick for me. Again, this is not an immediate fill. He's not going to start week one. He's not going to start this year. And if he does, then it's something terrible has happened, right? In my opinion, which we don't want to see. But I think it's it's a situation you might see him on special teams, you know, uh, blocking out there on the edge on field goals or punts or something. Um, I really believe that this kid could uh, could develop into uh, either a quality backup Generally, one of those guys, I, I think he could develop into a Joe Hegg role where he's a quality backup where he could fill in uh, anywhere along the line that if he needs to, much more so than Pinter, um, in, in my opinion. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. But uh, overall draft grade, uh, obviously, I know you have some more time to kind of learn more about these guys. But as it sits right now, day after the draft is over, what's your overall draft grade for the Colts here? We got a B minus. We we got just about every uh, most of the positions that we needed. We doubled up on defense early, which means you know it sounds to me like they're they're wanting to to establish that defense. If you can't get a left tackle, the best way to protect your quarterback, in my opinion, is make it so we don't have to go out there and play hero ball. Right? If if you got a good defense, then that that's one way of going about it, uh, so that they he don't have to go out there and score 30, 35 points a game to win. I like, I like the draft. Uh, I understand that, you know, prototypical left tackles just didn't quite fall uh, at the positions that was needed for the Colts. And that's why they weren't selected. Uh, sometimes drafts happen that way and it sucks, but you it just, when it does, it does. And you just have to live with it and, and, and ride with the flow. And that's what Ballard and company did. So I give him a B minus overall. Yeah, but I'm going to go the same thing with you. Defensive wise, address a lot of positions there. A couple different playmakers on the offensive side that they felt they could use. So yeah, I'll go B minus as well. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Shout out to my guy Lawrence for helping me with this again. Thank you all for tuning in. Let us know what you guys thought and give us your overall grade for the draft as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.